Welcome to the Good Old Days of Radio Show. This is John Tefteller, your host, and we're going to make this one timely for this week because later this week, or actually uh, Monday of next week, past our weekly deadline here, you have to submit your income taxes to the IRS. It's that time when the government comes along and takes a substantial portion of your money and wastes it. Okay, enough. <laughs> Enough of my editorials here, but we are going to play an episode of Burns and Allen, George Burns and Gracie Allen, from March 1st, 1950, in which George and Gracie are filling out their income tax forms. And for uh, historical purposes, you should know this. Um, April 15th was not always the deadline to submit your income taxes to the federal government. Uh, it was originally March 15th, and then in 1955, it was moved up to April 15th. So that's why we are listening to the Burns and Allen from March 1st, because they are preparing to send in their tax return. So here we go. Yes, it's the Amadet Show, transcribed in Hollywood and starring George Burns and Gracie Allen. With yours truly, Bill Goodwin, B. Benadera, Doris Singleton, Hal March, Marvin Miller, Harry Lubin, and the Amadet Orchestra. For healthy laughter, it's George and Gracie. And for healthier teeth, for fewer cavities, it's Amadet Toothpaste. <laughs> Well, last night, George took Gracie to the ballet, and it's an evening he'll never forget. But he'd like to. To Gracie, it was a new and exciting experience, and she's still thrilled about it. Oh, gee, everybody was there. Did you notice Bob Taylor and Barbara Stanwyck sitting in front of us? Yeah, that Barbara Stanwyck certainly is gorgeous. Oh, I'll say. Those actors really marry beautiful women, don't you, George? <laughs> yes, that we do. Uh, during intermission, there was some very exciting gossip in the powder room. Yeah. And Mrs. Harris said, I wonder why Sarah Treadwell didn't come to the ballet. So I said, well, maybe she had a fight with her husband. And she said, oh, not Sarah. And I said, well, I don't blame her if he's running around with another woman. And so she said, poor Sarah, who'll take care of their five children? And I said, well, not that no good husband of hers. Oh, that sounds real exciting. Yes. It would be even more exciting if I knew who Sarah Treadwell was. You, uh, you don't know Sarah Treadwell? I don't even know Mrs. Harris. Interesting yarn. Uh, what did you... What did you think of the ballet? Oh, I loved it. Although you dozed off a couple of times. I ate too much dinner. Pickles were delicious. But the dancers were so polite. They danced on their toes so they wouldn't wake you. Well, to show my appreciation, I'll go backstage and teach them how to dance the Peabody. Peabody? What's that? He's a banjo player who's married to Sarah Treadwell. Oh, no. You know, the last scene... The last scene of the ballet disappointed me. Remember how that big, strong, handsome man in tights chased the beautiful ballerina? Yeah. He chased her around that stage like crazy. 
She ran and he ran. She jumped and he jumped. She flew and he flew. And when he finally caught her, boom, down came the curtain. <laughs> I wish I wish she had started chasing her ten minutes sooner. Well, we'll read about it in Luella Parsons' column. <laughs> Honey, that was the idea of the ballet. When the fellow caught the girl, the show was over. It's a good thing Bill Goodwin isn't a ballet dancer. The show would have been over in two minutes. <laughs> two minutes. Bill is slowing up. Come in. Hello, George. Hello, Ralph. How are you? Gracie, you know Ralph Hanley. He makes out our income tax every year. Oh, of course. How are you, Mr. Hanley? Fine, thank you, Mrs. Burns. Uh, George told me you were coming, so to help you, I figured out our income tax. You'll find it on the desk. The government owes us $6 million. <laughs> Mrs. Burns, how did you ever get such a figure? Oh, no starches and plenty of exercise. <laughs> Lots of fresh air, too. Oh, uh, by the way, Mr. Hanley, how come we never got the $9 million I figured the government owed us last year? They're waiting until next year, and then they'll send us the state of Texas. <laughs> Ralph, have you had breakfast? Would you like Gracie to scramble some eggs? Oh, please, George, we're out of eggs. The grocer left a dozen yesterday. I know, but I heard about a new thing called an egg shampoo, so I tried it. And when I shampooed the eggs, they broke. <laughs> uh, just fix us some coffee. Oh, all right. Well, Ralph, how does the tax look this year? Oh, about the same as last. But I've been listening to you sing on the program, and we can deduct for that throat operation. I didn't have a throat operation. I know, but you're going to, aren't you? <laughs> Just make out the text. When I need bad jokes, I'll send for my writers. <laughs> I was only kidding, George. By the way, I see you're getting your money from a new source this year. Yeah, I'm still married to Gracie. Oh, oh. <laughs> you, you mean the, the, the sponsor, the new sponsor? Yeah, how are they? Oh, they're wonderful people. I've been using that Amadan toothpaste, and it's great. Well, thanks, Ralph. George, if you'll give me the canceled checks and records, I'll get busy. But please, don't let Gracie help me this year. <laughs> Last year, when I took her to have some papers notarized, the man asked her to identify herself, so she opened her compact, looked in the mirror, and said, Yes, it's me, all right. <laughs> well, I'll see that she doesn't bother. Come in. Hello, George. Is Gracie here? I'd like to speak to her. Gracie, Harry Morton wants to see you. I'll be right. Harry, this is Ralph Hanley, my income tax man. Oh, I don't know how to do, Mr. Morton. What do you want to see Gracie about, Harry? Well, tomorrow's Blanche's birthday, George, and I don't know what to get her. I thought maybe a diamond ring or a new car. By the way, Mr. Hanley, is that deductible? No, it isn't. I don't know what to get her. I thought maybe a handkerchief or bobby pin. <laughs> Pipe cleaners would be nice. <laughs> Hello, Gracie. George, I fixed some coffee for you and Mr. Hanley. You'll find it on the stove. Thanks. And I thought you'd like something to go with the coffee, so I made you some tea. <laughs> Good. Now we can dunk. <laughs> Come on. Come on, Ralph. Let's go in the den and get started on this tag. Gracie, I'm trying to decide what to give Blanche for her birthday. Have you heard her mention anything she'd like? No, but why don't you get her a green necklace to match the gold bracelet you gave her for Christmas? <laughs> oh, she's got enough jewelry Say, do you think it'd be all right if I gave Blanche a pet? Why not? You're married <laughs> No, no, I mean something like a dog Oh, no, don't get a dog I had one and he couldn't even learn to run and fetch a stick I threw that stick and brought it back between my teeth a hundred times 
<laughs> that stupid dog just sat there and looked at me like I was crazy. I wonder why. <laughs> yeah, you're right about the dog, Gracie. Perfume might be nicer, or maybe a pretty nightgown. Well, that's a good idea. Oh, I can just picture Blanche in a sheer black nightgown. Me too. Well, there goes that idea. <laughs> Think of something, Gracie. Oh, I've got it. A television set. My Uncle Fred just bought a beauty for $12,500. $12,500 for a television set? Well, that included the bar. That's what he really wanted. <laughs> hey, I know what I'll get. Blanche has always wanted an alligator bag. I'll surprise her with that. I'll put it in the candy box so she won't guess what it is, and when she opens it up, she'll faint. <laughs> oh, this is a wonderful idea. Oh, it's nothing. I've got a million of them. <laughs> I'll be running along. Um, George, Harry is leaving. Hey, Harry, before you go, the Friars are giving a little sociable Friday night. Would you like to be my guest? There'll be some swell entertainment. Jolson, Groucho, Crosby, Hope, Benny, Cantor, Jessica. Well, I'd, I'd love to, George, but I can't Friday. Spade Cooley is on television. <laughs> Spade Cooley, huh? I'll bring the Friars to your house. So long. So long. <laughs> Can you imagine a man being that stupid? Isn't he a dope? Snake Cooley's on Saturday night. <laughs> yeah, well, I better get back and help Ralph with the tax. Oh, George, would you ask him how much a woman can deduct for a missing husband? Who's, uh, who's missing? Uncle Joe and Clara's husband. And if the government were allowed to I've seen Aunt Clara. Joe isn't missing. He's hiding. <laughs> No, no, George, he's missing. You see, Uncle Joe's hobby was blowing glass. Every night he'd sit on the back porch blowing glass. And one night he blew... <laughs> I'll read it again, huh? Yeah. I start... Well... Let's take it again. Uh, would you like to have me give you two beats? No, I can... Okay. George, he's missing. This is Uncle Joe. Yes. Yeah. You see, Uncle Joe's hobby yeah. was glass blowing. Oh, he was a glass blower. Yeah. Every night he'd sit on the back porch blowing glass. Yeah. And one night he blew a bottle around himself. He sat on the back porch and blew a bottle around himself? Mm -hmm. And in the morning the milkman took him away with the empty. <laughs> Tracy, you don't believe that story, do you? Well, why not? Lots of people have back porches. <laughs> oh, yes, I forgot that, yeah. Oh, and poor Aunt Clara had to support herself selling homemade bread. Well, that's not easy. Oh, Aunt Clara is a very smart businesswoman. She didn't sell her bread the day she made it. She kept it till the next day. Why was that? Well, that way it was day-old bread and she could sell it cheaper. <laughs> Uh, sounds right to me, isn't that funny? Well, Ralph can't help Aunt Clara. He specializes in actors. He just finished Jack Benny's income tax yesterday. <laughs> when Benny heard the bad news, he went down to Max Factors and tore his hair out. Do, uh, do actors have special deductions, George? Sure. For example, the other day, you bought stamps to answer my fan mail. That's deductible. Gee, that's three cents right there. <laughs> Three cents? You told me you spent $32 in three cents. Explain that. 
Well, um, you know how on the way to the post office you passed Bullock's? Yeah. I didn't. <laughs> yeah, look, uh, excuse me, Mrs. Burns. I can't go on with your tax until you explain some of these expenses. Now, here's an item. $50 for 10 pogo sticks. Why did you buy 10? That's all they had. <laughs> but, Mrs. Burns, what do you want with them? Those sticks come in very handy in case you're attacked by a pogo. <laughs> George, where's the aspirin? You'll find two bottles in the bottom drawer of the desk. Thanks. Gracie, just what is a pogo? I don't know. But I couldn't tell him that. He might think I was dumb. <laughs> Now he thinks you're smart. The judge, do you think our tax bill will be very high this year? Yeah, but thank goodness for the community property law. Community property law? That's What's right. What's that? Well, it's a law that says that half of everything I've got is yours and half of everything you've got is mine. Oh? Huh? Then how come I only get one-fourth of what we make? <laughs> well, that's the way it works out. Uh, I'll show you. Now, here in my hand, I've got a dollar and change. Half of everything I've got is yours. Here's 50 cents. Thank you. Now, half of everything you've got is mine. How much have you got? 50 cents. Give me a quarter. <laughs> well, you see how it works? Mm -hmm, I see how it works. <laughs> Let's do that again, and this time I'll stop with a dollar. Okay. Now, half of everything I've got is yours. Mm. Here's 50 cents. Thanks. Uh, how does that second part go again? Half of everything you've got is mine. How much have you got? Fifty cents. Give me a quarter. <laughs> Thanks. Hmm. You were right, George. It comes out the same way each time. Well, sure. <laughs> now, you must get awfully discouraged being married to a woman who doesn't understand money. Well, sometimes it comes in real handy. <laughs> This is Bill Goodwin, folks. Are you reducing tooth decay with Amadent Ammoniated Toothpaste? Just think, till recently, no toothpaste or powder offered you the hope of fewer cavities. Then the great news broke. A sensational discovery to reduce tooth decay. An ammoniated dentifrice, Amadent. Magazines and newspapers spread the news. Dentists hailed the arrival of Amadent and recommended it to patients. Have you bought Amadent for your family? Are your children fighting tooth decay every time they brush their teeth? If not... If you're using today the same toothpaste you used a year ago, your toothpaste is not ammoniated. Your toothpaste can do no more to prevent cavities than it did last year. So please don't delay. Insist on Amadent. Amadent toothpaste and Amadent tooth powder are recommended by more dentists than any other dentifrice. <laughs>
George, I've been talking to Mr. Hanley about our income tax. I said, uh, why does the government need so much money? And uh, he said, because the government has got a $3 billion deficit. That's right. Well, why don't they buy a cheaper one? <laughs> they like the one with the rearview mirror. Oh. Gracie, the government needs our tax money to run the country. Part of it goes to, to pay the salaries of the president, the cabinet, the congressman. George, it... do, do Republicans have to pay part of President Truman's salary? Well, sure. That's really rubbing it in, isn't it? <laughs> And, uh, and the government needs money to run, uh, to run the army and the navy. Without soldiers and sailors, we, uh, we wouldn't be safe. <laughs> I can see you've never been out with one. <laughs> <laughs> and don't forget that our government is spending millions of dollars on European recovery. We send them food. That's, uh, that's called the, uh, the ERP. And then there... We are... ought to change that. Change what? The ERP. Sounds like our food gives them indigestion. <laughs> I'll, um, I'll talk to Sarah Treadwell <laughs> And Mrs. Harris uh, I'm sorry to interrupt again, George But these items are driving me nuts Mrs. Burns, what is this? One wave, $110 $110? Gracie, who gave you that wave? Muriel Roberts And when I waved back, I drove into a telephone pole <laughs> Anything else you want to know, Ralph? Yeah, give me some more aspirin. Now, what were we talking about? Interesting stuff. The taxes. Well, now I'll show you how the government can save a fortune. Do away with the mint. Do away with the mint. Sure. Why Just print... do away with it. Yes. Yes. Why print money? Why not buy it ready-made? That's an idea. We, we can buy it from China. I hear their money is very cheap. Yes, we can get some in Macy's basement. And another way our government can save money? Stop printing stamps. We don't need them anyway. My sister Bessie mails letters every day and never uses a stamp. Then they must be returned. But that's the idea. Bessie's crazy about the postman. <laughs> I wish Bessie would get married. You know, come in. Hi, Burns. Oh, hello, Bill. How are you, Bill? You still in love? Oh, more than ever, Gracie. It was just a week ago today that I met Ann Nelson, so I went to buy her some flowers. And while I was standing there waiting for them, I realized that this was the only girl for me. She really got you, huh? Oh, man, where'd you meet this florist? <laughs> you fell in love with the florist? It's a good thing you buy your cigarettes from a machine. What happened to Ann? Well, certain people said I was interested in Ann just for her money. Who said that? Her banker when I checked her account. <laughs> See, Bill, do you mean to say that you walked into this florist shop and fell in love with a girl just like that? Oh, no, no. There was some dialogue first. I said, hello, miss. I'd like to buy some flowers. And she said, roses are nice. And I said, fine. She said, how do you like the stems? And I said, gorgeous. And the rest of you is cute, too. And we were engaged. <laughs> Well, there's nothing like a nice long courtship. <laughs> Gee, what a sweet girl, George. She gave me a carnation for my buttonhole. Well, now that's a silly trade. What can she do with your buttonhole? <laughs> Press it in a book. Say, Bill, I... Press it in a book. <laughs> oh, I don't... <laughs> 
to ask the Martins over for dinner tomorrow night. It's Blanche's birthday. How about you and your girl joining us? Oh, we'd love to, Gracie. Well, good. I'll phone Blanche. By the way, Bill, uh, what's your girl's name? Mona Knox. It used to be Ethel Knox, but the gasoline company paid her to change it. My first name used to be Asbestos, but they paid me off, too. Asbestos first. Asbestos. Oh, I get it. <laughs> um, now, boys, please, there's an artist phoning. Oh, yes. <laughs> Hello? Hello, Blanche. This is Gracie. Would you and Harry like to come over to dinner tomorrow night to celebrate your birthday? Oh, I'd love to. I'll ask Harry and call you back. All right. Incidentally, I helped Harry decide on your present. You'll love it. Oh, what is it, Gracie? Oh, I can't tell you. It's a surprise. Oh, please. Mm -mm. Well, let me guess. Uh, is it a new stove? Well, you're so close, I might as well tell you. <laughs> It's an alligator bag. Oh, wonderful. I'm glad you know, Blanche. He's going to put it in a candy box, and I was scared to death you might eat it. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, I'll call you back, Gracie. Bye. Goodbye. Harry, huh? Gracie just invited us over there tomorrow night for my birthday dinner. Oh, murder. I hope Gracie doesn't bake you a cake. Remember that soggy thing she baked for George's last birthday? <laughs> Now, Harry, it wasn't her fault George's cake was soggy. No? No. Had so many candles, he couldn't blow them out. They had to turn the hose on it. Why just stop exaggerating? George isn't as old as he looks. He couldn't be. I've got news for you. 18 years with Gracie and Butch Jenkins would look like that. Poor George is over there right now trying to figure out his income tax. Believe me, it would be a lot easier if it weren't for Gracie. I'll say it would. He wouldn't have any. <laughs> I don't see how that schnook ever tricked Gracie into marrying him. He didn't trick her. She wanted to get married the worst way. Well, she did. <laughs> Aren't we clever today? <laughs> well, I don't care. I love Gracie. She's very sweet to give me a birthday dinner. Yeah, yeah, I can't wait to get there. Last time I went over there to dinner, someone told Gracie that stewed chicken was the most tender. When I got there, George was trying to sober it up so he could kill it. <laughs> well. Anyway, her cooking is a lot better than Sugar Throat's entertaining. So help me, if he sings tomorrow night, I'll slug him with my new alligator bag. Alligator, so Gracie told you. I should have known I couldn't trust her. Well, it, it's really my fault she told me. I put the idea into her head. Blanche, putting an idea into her head is like putting a basketball into a thimble. <laughs> oh, hush. I'll tell her we're coming.
Hello? Gracie, this is Blanche. We'll be there for dinner tomorrow night. Oh, good. We'll expect you, Blanche. Oh, um, what kind of mints do you like? Wintergreen or clove? <laughs> Why? I'm making hot mince pie. <laughs> Gracie, see you tomorrow night. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> George, uh, where did Bill go? His girl Mona sitting out in the car. I told him to bring her in. Oh, isn't it wonderful? At last, Bill is really in love. Yeah, I hope he doesn't meet anybody on the way out to the car. <laughs> what a guy. A new romance every week. George, it's me again. <laughs> Mrs. Burns, can you explain this item? One rubber boot for left foot, $10. Well, what do you want to explain? Why did you buy it? It was a bargain. <laughs> I got it for half what a pair would cost. <laughs> but why did you buy one left boot? I've only got one left foot. <laughs> Satisfied, Ralph? Oh, sure, sure. <laughs> I'll go in and finish the income cacks. <laughs> income cacks? Yeah. Hey, Ralph, you're going in the closet. Oh, pardon me. I'm a, I'm a little worried about that guy. Did you notice that dazed look on his face? Oh, that's nothing. Almost everybody I talk to has that look. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you, I'm still... George and Gracie, I, I'd like you to meet my fiancé, Miss Knotts. Mona, this is Mr. and Ms. Burns. Oh, oh how you do. Nice to meet you. Bill has told me all about you. He says you've been working for him for almost ten years. <laughs> that's, uh, that's what Bill told you? Yes. He says you're a wonderful announcer. <laughs> Bill, this may come as a surprise, but I'm thinking very seriously of leaving you. Uh, George, Gracie, come here a minute. Hmm? Uh, Play along with me. I'm trying to make an impression. Oh, okay. Mona, we're all going to play along with Bill. Gracie! Mona is not in on this. Oh, forget it, Mona. Uh, as I was saying, Mona, George has been announcing for me for ten years. Is that right, boy? Yes, sir. Boy? I say funny things. I'm a comedian. Uh -huh. you do, Mrs. Burns? Oh, I help my husband. He's one of the greatest announcers in the radio business. Has a beautiful voice. Oh, I'd love to hear it. Won't you show me what you do, Mr. Burns? Oh, he'll be glad to. <clears throat> Listen. <clears throat> Are you reducing tooth decay with amidant ammoniated tooth? Take it, George. Paste. <laughs> amidant tastes delightful. It leaves your teeth bright and sparkling. Your mouth feeling fresh and clean. Amidant is a grand wake-up tooth... Paste. <laughs> Amidant is recommended by more dentists than any other dentifrice. Give your entire family the protection of Amidant ammoniated tooth... Would somebody hand me a glass of water, please? <laughs> yeah, here. <clears throat> Paste. <laughs> Okay, now, George, that's enough. Mona, even if it means losing you, I've got to tell the truth. George isn't the announcer. Amadent's a great product, and they have the world's greatest announcer to talk about it. But I was just too modest to tell you it was me. 
Yes, Mona, he's a real shy boy. <laughs> Mr. Burns, if you're not the announcer, what do you do? Well, sit down and show a sugar throat. And if I call you Buttercup, the dandelions might eat you up. <laughs> so buy a ring and change your name to mine. <laughs> That's what I do. Oh, you're the sound effects man. <laughs> No, I'm the script girl. I've got another item here, Mrs. Burns. Folks, uh, I want you to meet Mr. Hanley. How do you do, Mr. Hanley? Oh, um, I'll be right in, Ralph. And uh, see you tomorrow night, Bill. And we're having the same dinner we had the last time you were here. So will you stop by the Brown Derby and ask them to send over a bottle of bourbon? Stew chicken again, huh? <laughs> Excuse me, I'll go in and see Ralph. Hey, George, who's the guy with the loose shingle? One of Gracie's relatives? <laughs> yeah, he's our tax man. He's trying to figure out Gracie's check stubs. Oh, well, that explains it. Come on, Mona. So long, George. Bye. Bye. Four years with the Pee Wee Quartet, and she calls me a sound effects man. <laughs> I love to call you Rose, dear, but roses fade away. Roses die when wintertime fears. I love to call you Daisy. Oh, Daisy's all. Oh, yes. <laughs> I am. Um, I don't think Ralph Hanley should do our text. He's too nervous. You know, he asked me why I bought a thousand ping pong balls, and when I told him, he seemed upset. Well, why did you buy them? Well, I use them instead of mothballs. <laughs> they don't smell up the closet. <laughs> But they don't kill any moths. Oh, yes, they do. When the moths bite into them, there's nothing there, and they starve to death. Don't let anybody steal this idea from me. It's... I'll get it. Hello? George, this is Harry Morton. I'm coming over to help you with your income tax. Harry, I've got a tax man. You had one. He just jumped out your window, and he's running down the street. <laughs> Thanks, Harry. Gracie, come over here to the window. Look at Ralph Hanley running down the street. Mine's flying, isn't he? Yes. And do you know why? Oh, sure. He's got to get that tax to Washington by March 15th. Yes, that's what I meant. again next Wednesday when we'll all be back. George Burns, Gracie Allen, Harry Lubin and the Amadent Orchestra, and yours truly, Bill Goodwin. Brought to you by the makers of Amadent, the ammoniated toothpaste and tooth powder. Recommended by more dentists than any other dentifrice. Whoa, they kind of cut out there. I guess the recording ended before the <laughs> before they got to give the official goodbye in network queue. A um, few things about that one. There was a joke early on in the show about uh, George inviting um, Bill Goodwin or whoever he was inviting to go to the Friars Club for a dinner, and uh, they said, well, no, no, he's got to stay home and watch Spade Cooley on TV. Um, Spade Cooley <laughs> was a country and western um, singer who 
show around this very time, I don't think it would have been here because they wouldn't have made a joke like this, but somewhere in uh, the early 50s, Spade Cooley became very notorious because he actually murdered his wife, chopped her up into a million pieces, and was sent to prison. And he was a very popular uh, country and western uh, television show. Uh, he made lots of records, and then all of a sudden, he chopped up his wife and went away. So, uh, interesting they were joking about Spade Cooley on this thing. Um, the other thing that you might have noted on here was there was an actual radio blooper. Um, you hear a lot about those, that uh, things were said that weren't supposed to be said. Um, a lot of it stems from um, some recordings that were released a long time ago uh, by a guy named Kermit Schaefer called Pardon My Blooper, in which he gathered together what was supposed to be a whole collection of radio mistakes and put them out on some LPs, and they became huge selling items. People just ate the stuff up. The only problem was a lot of the stuff he had on those LPs were recreations. Uh, they weren't real. They, they may have happened, but they didn't have recordings of them. They just recreated them, but they didn't tell you that. They made it appear that they were the actual bloopers from the show. In this particular one, uh, Gracie has a line in which she's supposed to say something about the guy was out on the porch blowing glass. And instead of saying blowing glass, she says blowing gas, which the audience caught right away and started to titter. Uh, at that point, they realized what had happened and they had to go back and re redo the, the scene. But uh, interesting. Uh, and finally, in regards to the whole income tax thing, if you noticed uh, at one point, uh, I believe it was George Burns or Gracie, one of them, I think George Burns, says that the government is running a $3 billion deficit. Now, this is 1950. $3 billion in 1950. And where are we today? $37 trillion. So uh, something is wrong. <laughs> big time. But I'll let you figure that out and vote accordingly. Okay, enough of that. We'll be back on Thursday. We've wrapped up our series of suspense shows with Dr. Joe Webb, but we're going to continue on in the tradition of our Thursday broadcasts and feature uh, a 10-week series on eerie uh, supernatural horror type shows, some of my favorite shows of all time. And um, I will do the introductions on those. I don't think we have any special guests lined up yet, but there are more coming. So just keep listening to the good old days of radio show. We'll come up with more as we move along. In the meantime, it'll be spooky and scary starting next week for 10 weeks. And the Tuesday shows will be either comedy like we've been doing recently, or we'll delve into some serious drama, but it won't be the scary type stuff. So with that, Check out the Facebook page, Good Old Days of Radio Show uh, on Facebook. If you want to ask questions or um, make comments, do so. GoodOldDaysOfRadio.com. I get so confusing because it's two different names, but GoodOldDaysOfRadio.com on the internet. Check that out and tell all your friends you can find these shows on iTunes, on YouTube, all over the place. Just type in Good Old Days of Radio Show and it'll come up and it'll tell you where all you can listen so you can get your friends to listen. Our audience is growing all the time, which is great. And we will continue on doing this as long as you want to continue on listening and we still have shows to play that are good. So we'll see. But in the meantime, we're moving forward. So until next week, this is John Tefteller saying goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>